This episode is brought to you by Medbridge Education. Log into medbridgeeducation.com slash tntherapyoutsource. Use the promo code Dr. Mike or alternative to get $200 discount or over 40% off. Gain access to 1,000 plus online courses, compliance training, certification preps, program, and so much more. So again, thank you very much. Enjoy the show. Okay. All right. We're live. All right. I'm going to go on my showman level now. I was just so sleepy. Ate dinner. Well, anyway, hello, everyone. This is uh, Dr. Mike Chu again, physical therapist and certified dementia practitioner. And yes, that's my uh, alternative career. And today we have a special guest. Uh, you know, we've been doing all these interviews and everything. And uh, I know Aaron is just so busy right now. He's actually a physical therapist, uh, a case manager. Actually, the only owner and operator of the and he's got this fancy dark secret group that he has and uh, he's actually a, a ur person whatever case manager in uh, in every course so uh, again thank you aaron i appreciate you for coming over you know we just want to pick your brain so uh thank you aaron what's going on yeah certainly you're welcome um more than happy to be here not much going on. I just got done with work and my commute was uh, 15 steps down the hall into this room to talk with you. <laughs> gosh, gosh. You know what? I remember talking to Bill Daly about it too. It's like, yeah, I'm just here at home, Michael. So, uh, so well, first of <laughs> all, how did you get into this type of job? I mean, everybody wants to do it now, like utilization reviewer. So what's your official title uh, right now in, with Evicor? Uh, my official title is just clinical reviewer for our um, MSK therapies team. Um, I came about this job a little over four years ago. Um, sorry that one half of my face is dark. I, the lighting in this room is bad, so you guys will have to deal with it. Um, is, that, is that the dark secret thing for your group? <laughs> yeah, that's, it's like the, uh, who's that character on Batman, Two-Face? He's got one side is good and one side is bad. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, so about four years ago, uh, I was work a little over four years ago. I was working for uh, a company that did um, occupational uh, occupational health, so uh, workers' compensation, physical therapy. And um, during that time, I was also a volunteer for our state chapter um, in the APTA. I was the reimbursement chairman. Up to that point, I actually had very little to any experience with reimbursement. Um, that's just a position that, you know, with most positions in the APTA and in your state chapters, they're just run by therapists um, that, you know, they're just willing to volunteer and see what it's all about. But um, through that, I was able to get in contact and, and get in um, kind of network with some of the people that deal with uh, the utilization review and management and some of the uh, some of those companies so while 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 i was working in this workers compensation um that job was starting to just some things were a little bit fishy i didn't feel like i trusted the the system and that employer uh, so i reached out to some of these contacts that i had had from being a reimbursement chairman one of which was uh, the director for landmark health uh, or Landmark Healthcare. Some of you therapists may recognize that name, you may not. Um, 
and they just happened to be looking for a therapist at that time. Um, so we kind of went through the interview process and uh, it sounded like it would be a good fit. And so I decided to give it a try. I felt like um, I'd had some previous experiences with other therapy clinics as well, where it just seemed like um, I wasn't really meshing well with the system. Uh, you know, I was, providers were wanting me to treat one way and I didn't think that that was an ethical way to treat. So I thought I'd see something a little bit different. And uh, so that's kind of where I've been for the past uh, almost four and a half years. Oh, wow. Well, I forgot to ask, you know, uh, well, before I ask you that question, I would like to welcome our, you know, uh, friends and uh, Facebook friends and uh, people who are listening on Zoom call and also at our Facebook live. And uh, also we are going to record this. So if you got any questions, just reach out to reach, reach out, reach out to us. So after that, uh, welcoming to other, our other friends, where are you actually based at, Aaron? I mean, what state? I live in Utah, so I'm in the Salt Lake metropolitan area. Oh, wow. So, so now you're just at home and doing all this uh, uh, clinical, clinical reviewing. So do you just serve just the Utah area or is just all over the states? I mean, how do you do that? We have national contracts, so I do um, – most states don't require a state licensed therapist to review the information. There are a few states that require that, so obviously I, I don't do those states um, for the contracts that we have. Um, but I think the only state that I'm really limited in with the contracts that we have is South Carolina. Um, so yeah, I, I work from Utah and I work from a computer, but I see uh, reviews or re requests for, for therapy from all over the country. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So you basically need to know also, do you also need to know every state practice act or just, you know, uh, basic, uh, basic therapy knowledge? Um, we have a, I mean, we have a compliance team that, that can look into that stuff, but for the most part, um, we just assume that the provider is going to be doing care according to their state practice act. Um, a lot of that's going to already be taken care of uh, because, you know, their health plan and, and also their plan of care has to abide by that anyway. So we're, we're kind of assuming that that's what's going to happen. So, no, I don't know every state's practice act in the nation, um, but there's kind of ways that we learn what we need to know to, to get to at least get get by with what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So, uh I mean, when we're trying to look for utilization reviewer job, uh, should we search clinical reviewer or utilization reviewer in Indeed or Monster? Or how do we start looking for those type of job, Aaron? Well, um, my recommendation, what I've been recommending lately, because uh, like you mentioned earlier, this is becoming a really highly sought after job. Um, I'm I'm surprised with how easily I was able to get the job because when I was, when I was hired, um, I think I was like, I was, as far as I know, I was the only applicant that the director had even been considering. So uh, it's changed a lot in just a couple of years. Um, and so because of that, I think we need to change a little bit in how we look for this, this type of job if you're looking into it. 
Um, you can certainly look at Indeed and Monster and some of those, but what I'm starting to find out is I don't even know, like my employer, uh, who I work with, Evacor, uh, the last couple times that we have posted jobs for um, clinical review, I don't think they've posted to any of those large boards at all. Um, because they're getting they're getting so many applicants that they they don't even have to keep these jobs up for very long. Uh, we recently posted a job uh, just about a month and a half ago for physical therapy clinical reviewers, and that posting was only up for uh, I believe eight days. Um, most most jobs that you are going to see, like in Monster or Indeed, um, certainly you can apply to those, but you may want to kind of look into those companies and find out, you know, why are they, why are they needing to use these, um, these large, um, uh, what do you even call those at, you know, job uh, yeah, job boards to, to get their job put out there. Cause there are some companies that are really good to work for. And there are some that, um, are kind of scary to work for, but That's besides Just that, like any company, right? Mm -hmm. Right, right. But as far as what you're going to be searching for, um, you still would look for things like utilization management, utilization review, clinical review, um, and you could still you could even add in physical therapy or occupational therapy, or uh, there are even jobs for speech therapists. Um, but my recommendation would be to find out who those specific companies are. So like Evacor or Navi Health or um, I just forgot the other ones. But there, there are several other companies out there. Find out who those companies are and then search their job postings that they have on their specific websites. Going straight to their company itself, right? Right. Because by the time, if they end up needing something that they just haven't filled and it, then they have to go to a job board, you might want to wonder, you know, why wasn't that already filled? Um, so that would that's where I would recommend looking first, or if you do see one on Indeed or Monster, um, you know, maybe post it, you know, ask some questions to, to this group or others, you know, has anybody ever worked for this company or, or things like that. Excellent. Well, thank you for that uh, input. Yeah. I remember when I was also applying for a pharmaceutical job, I didn't, I mean, during my time, right? I, a long, long time ago, I didn't go to the classified ads of the newspaper. I went directly to the actual company and went there and handed my actual resume instead of going to the classified ads because obviously when it's already on the classified ads or in the newspaper, uh, I bet nobody knows what the classified ad is. So well, anyway, during that, that was during my time. You know, If you look at the classified ad, it means it's just a desperate uh, way for them to you know, uh, find employees. But if you go directly to the actual company and, and hand your resume, uh, you know that your resume is going to go to that HR people. And same thing, I'm not saying you do that, but same thing right now, you know, instead of going to job boards, uh, especially for this highly sought positions like this, uh, you go directly to the company, research the company and uh, make a good, uh, uh, what's called this, uh, uh, cover letter where you can just at least get your foot in there and, and be the best that you can be. So thank you, Aaron, for sharing that. Yeah, I guess my next, my next question is, uh, how do you, I mean, uh, what, what, 
how do I qualify as a utilization reviewer? How do I become one? I mean, do I need special skills or training or certification for me to apply one or, or me just the regular being, just being a regular therapist can, can go in and do the job there? Or are you going to offer uh, training to does, does the Does the company offer training to or something like that? Right. That's a good question. And it's one that I get, or it's one that I see quite often on a lot of the other, um, you know, on this group and other groups. Um, to qualify, generally, um, the qualifications, the primary one is going to be that you're a licensed provider. Um, mm -hmm. So you, other than that, the rest of it's going to be is just, are you more qualified than the other people applying? Um, I would say in general, um, having a rounded knowledge of various areas of physical therapy might be more helpful, especially during the application interview or, you know, during applications and interviews when you're telling what your experiences were and what, where you've worked. Um, the reason that I say that is a lot of this, a lot of the utilization review is going to be in where a lot of patients are being treated. Um, and so most of us should know that a lot of therapy happens in hospitals and in skilled care facilities. Um, some of us that, you know, if you work mostly in outpatient orthopedics, you kind of think, you know, I guess wherever you work, right, you kind of think the world revolves around you. But in, in reality, that's not where most of physical therapy happens. So a lot of the reviewing of the authorization and for requests for care is going to happen where the majority of care happens. Um, so if you can say that you have experience uh, like um, with um, skilled nursing facilities and rehab facilities, um, that will probably be helpful uh, as well as home health. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have worked there your whole entire career or anything of that nature. Uh, that may just be something that would set you apart. Um, one other thing to mention, I, I know that I've seen a lot of people asking about, is there some kind of a special certification that you need? Um, only if it lists it specifically in the job description. Um, other than that, I wouldn't worry about any kind of certification. Um, because there, I mean, I don't think anyone, I work in about a team of 40 different um, healthcare providers uh, between physical therapists, occupational therapists, and speech language pathologists. Uh, I don't think any of us had any kind of a special certification in specific to clinical review um, before we got our jobs. Cool. All right. There's a, a question here from uh, Desiree. Uh, she asked here, are there reviewers for each population? For example, reviewing strictly for pediatrics? Or do you um, just see whatever your insurance uh, uh, or whatever insurance provider or insurance that you serve? Is that, did yeah. that make sense? Yep. Yep. That's a good question. Um, I can't speak for every company, how they do it out there. Um, you know, hopefully someone asked Bill Daly that question when you talked with him. They may, they may work it differently at Navi Health, but they do primarily, you know, post-acute care. So it's kind of all the same setting. Um, where I work, we do a combination of the, the only type of therapy we don't review for is, is um, inpatient. But we'll do post-acute, we'll do um, skilled nursing, we'll do rehab, we'll do outpatient, we'll do home health. Um, 
Right now, the only way that we have it really specialized is we do have a team that is specific to developmental pediatrics. Mm. Um, beyond that, a lot of us have, well, in speech, obviously speech, we have a, a speech team that does their own thing. You don't have a physical therapist reviewing a speech um, case or a, or a speech therapist reviewing a physical therapy or occupational case. Um, but as far as, you know, if it's like, let's say it's an orthopedic for someone's shoulder, that may be reviewed by someone that most of their experience was in like home health. Um, or I myself, most of my experience was outpatient, either orthopedic or workers comp. Um, and every day I get things that I review for like um, home health and skilled nursing. Um, but we also have the ability to communicate with each other. And if we have something we don't understand, then we'll, you know, we'll send each other an instant message or we'll pick up the phone and we'll kind of collaborate on, on what we think is, is best to be done. So hopefully that addresses that question. Yeah, did that answer the question, Desiree? Uh, just let us know, yes or no. But I think that's a, uh, that's a good niche, uh, Desiree, if you decide to just be a, you know, quote, unquote, pediatric reviewer. And uh, if there are certain companies that are actually specifically serving that, they could get you as, a, as the thought leader uh, in that specific niche, you know, because... I'm I'm saying this in 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 as a as an employer. If I see an employee or an applicant that has a specific niche, uh, I'm gonna get her or them because uh, I know that uh, they know what they're doing in that area. Just for example, me, I try to tell myself I'm a dementia guy, dementia guy, dementia guy. But uh, every now and then, I would get stroke patient, Parkinson's patient. Uh, you know, and same thing probably with pediatrics. Uh, if they think that you're the pediatric person, like cerebral palsy expert or whatever, and they see that in your resume and applying as a UR, they'll think, oh, maybe we can use this lady for for this so all right uh so again my uh next question aaron so uh so once we're in for example we got the interview as a ur or whatever a clinical reviewer uh does the company provide training to you because obviously you know the terms the terminology are, are going to be the same when it comes to physical therapy or rehab but when it comes to insurance realm, there's a lot uh, words there that we don't know, you know, so does the company normally teach you that mm -hmm. or uh, because you're just outside there, you know, you're just by yourself. I guess you're just by yourself at home. I mean, do they teach you and do you provide training? Yeah, so they, um, the company that I work for, and I would assume any company is going to do this, they provide uh, significant training. Um, I, when I started, um, I was in about a two month training period where I didn't even, I didn't complete a review all by myself for at least the first two months. Um, oh, wow. And for the first several, yeah, for the first several weeks, um, it was all spent, um, you know, doing, um, looking at the guidelines that we utilize and looking at the training materials and then kind of virtually looking over someone else's shoulder and following them and then slowly reversing that role to where then they kind of look over my shoulder and then eventually get to the point of where um, you're independent. But yeah, they certainly train you in everything that you need to know. Cause like I said, before I got the job, other than volunteering as a reimbursement chairman, which 
uh, it was a really cool experience, but it was a completely different, you know, I didn't learn everything I needed to know for, for the job that I'm doing now, just doing that volunteer experience. So it was, you know, it's kind of starting square one, really. So, wow. Wow. So company for now and learning about uh, utilization reviewing, because that will also help you improve your credit, do home health now. Should I uh, ask uh, my company, hey, I want to do some, you know, reviewing on the charts and everything. Would that help? Yes, I think that's a great recommendation for you to be making. Uh, and that's one that I often tell people when, um, you know, if they send me an email or, or something like that is, um, you know, the best way to get experience in it is just trying to do it any way you can. So go to your employer. Um, if you guys do anything like internal audits or internal review or um, any kind of internal chart review, you know, ask to help with that. And if you're not doing it, ask to see if there's a way that you can help start it. Because um, mm -hmm. not only is that a way that you can get some of that experience and get exposed to looking at other people's charting and information, um, but it's just, it's something that you could certainly put on a resume and say that you were part of the, you know, internal audit committee or something of that nature. And that's just another way to kind of make yourself look a little bit more experienced than someone that may not have done that. Very good. That's so good. Yeah. You know, uh, like what Aaron said, you know, grow where you're planted. If you're in a nursing home right now, learn how to review your, your stuff there, you know, talk to the, whoever that admits the, the MDS person, you know, talk to them. How does this work? You know, I know there's a lot of changes right now, the PDPM and PDGM learn more about that. And that way, when you apply uh, at the, you know, as a utilization review ask you hey do you have any experience with pdpm pdgm changes you already know so it's you have to be always one step ahead with all these other applicants and that's how you differentiate yourself so thank you Aaron, for sharing that uh, i guess my last questions for last question as a utilization reviewer aaron how's the pay you know a lot of people are asking about that too is it uh, comparable to being a clinician and i mean i don't mind working at home man so you know so yeah on an average, um, you know, average scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, usually how I respond to that question is once President Trump releases his tax information, I'll release mine. How does that sound? <laughs> oh, well. Uh, it's, uh, so, what you call it? it's, it's, it's filed and sealed and stuff like that, right? That's right. Um, it's, it's, it's comparable because they, and really any, any job where they are asking for a licensed clinician, you should hope that that's going to be comparable pay to a, a licensed clinician that is staying in the clinic, you know, within your region. Pay is going to be a little bit different region-wise. But yeah, for me, when I, when I transitioned from the, the workers' comp clinic to the job I'm doing now, I think it was um, a very minor pay raise. So I didn't, it wasn't like a, a shock to my quality of life or anything like that. Um, it was, it was similar. The nice thing about being with a large, I mean, there's a lot of bad things about being for a large corporate company, but one of the nice things is that they do have some of those benefits that smaller clinics didn't have. So 
you know, I was able to get like, um, start some retirement kind of things, um, a little bit better health insurance, um, a little bit additional vacation time and some of those things that a lot of smaller clinics uh, have trouble offering. And of course, just working at home, you know, no traffic, no gasoline expense, you know, no drive time and that uh, saves you a lot of money too. And part of it, you can probably work wherever you want to go. You know, I guess you can go outside of the country and still be able to work. Am I correct? I mean, as long as you're doing your, you have internet access and everything, right? Yeah, it'll depend on the company. So with my company, um, one of our job duties is we do have to do um, phone consultations with providers. So we would have to do that during business hours. Um, so I don't know if I don't know if the company I work for would allow me to work, say, you know, if I wanted to move to Europe or something and do that full time for several years, you know, the, the cost to them to pay for the long distance phone calls and the time differentials. I mean, I'd be working either I'd have to arrange to not do those phone calls, which wouldn't be fair to the other team members, or I'd be working at like two in the morning until I don't know when seven, eight in the morning. So it'd be kind of weird. But um, if you can find companies that don't require that kind of a situation, then yeah, I mean, maybe you could go anywhere you wanted. I know that um, there, my company has been fairly flexible with a few employees when they had to do some um, FLMA. Uh, there was a, uh, one of my coworkers, her parents lived in South Africa and they were getting older and she needed to go help them for, she was gone for about six months and she, she actually did work from South Africa um, for those six months. She, she logged on at, I don't remember when, like 11 o'clock at night and then worked through the night, helped her parents in the morning with what they needed. And then I think she crashed during the rest of the day. So I don't think it was real enjoyable for her, but she was able to do it. Oh yeah. Just like a call center person. All right, we've got a follow-up question from Desiree here. Uh, I hope you're still okay there, uh, Aaron. How often oh, yeah. or how much of your day involves calling and contacting therapists that may disagree? So that, I guess that's a two-question there, two-part question. First is how much of your day involves calling and then how many, or, and then when you contact therapists, do they also disagree every now and I guess they disagree, right? <laughs> I disagree. Yeah, I yeah, they do. Um, currently, we have, um, right now, we, we all have time blocks. So there are about a two-hour time block uh, each day um, where we can get calls placed on our schedule. The nice thing is, is right now, they changed it to where we know ahead of time um, so we can check our schedule and see it. When I first started, it wasn't that way. We worked with a headset on. You know, we had the headset on all day long. And it would, your phone could just ring at any moment and it could be a provider wanting all kind, you know, any kind of question. So it's nice that they changed it that way and that we all have kind of a fair time block. Uh, I would say in general, uh, probably 90% of the time the providers do have some level of disagreement, but a lot of the times they are, um, it's just that there was a lack of communication somewhere. We didn't get the information that they thought they had sent. So then once, you know, once we get everybody on a level playing field, it makes it a little bit, um, makes it a little bit easier. It's usually not, you know, I'm not, I'm not usually getting people yelling at me or, or calling me names or that hasn't happened in a long time. It has happened, 
but it doesn't I happen. bet, yeah. I mean, who are who who do who normally calls you? Is it the administrative assistant or the therapist themselves? Well, since we call it a uh, or since um, since it is considered a peer peer to peer conversation, we do require that we speak with the you know someone that's treating the patient, either uh, a therapist or sometimes even their assistant. Um, a lot of times, it'll be you know their front office will call into our office and schedule it and give us the name of who we'd be talking to, and then we'll call them back at the scheduled time, and we'll talk to the provider. But yeah, um, it's most of the time I'm speaking with a physical therapist. I've talked with a handful of occupational therapists. I've talked with a handful of um, chiropractors as well. Do you, I mean, obviously, you, do you let them know? I mean, obviously, you let them know that you're a therapist too, right? So it'll be like, at least there's a yep. level playing field there, right? Because I remember I yeah. uh, when I was working in an outpatient uh, clinic, and I had this too. Uh, I mean, right now I don't do anything. You know, I'm doing home health, right? But I had this one when I was in in uh, in an outpatient clinic, and uh, my administrative assistant, you know, just pulled me out of the gym. He's like, "Well, Michael, you need to talk to this." I said, "Can you not talk to them?" Well, it needs to be a peer peer to peer review. I said, "Well, okay, so." I hope it wasn't you who I was talking to because I pretended I don't know how to speak <laughs> English. It's <laughs> like, oh, just approve it. <laughs> so, so uh, again, uh, thank you very much, Aaron, for enlightening us, enlightening us on how to be a utilization reviewer. Any more tips that we can get from you aside from uh, all of these questions? Um, well, I think... You know, with, with the group being about alternative careers, uh, I think the only other tip I would give is, um, aside from specifically clinical review, there are other jobs within utilization management. Um, I would still say some of those tend to go, uh, go to nursing and go to nurses. Uh, they're kind of marketed that way, is the way that the jobs are often posted. I'm starting to see a little bit of a transition, at least within my own company, that it will just say something like healthcare experience. Um, so when you go to those individual company job boards, don't obviously you can put in those keywords of clinical review or utilization management. But then if you've got the time, just click on the button that lets you look at every job they have and run through those and see if there's something that looks interesting to you. Um, I do that myself with our internal one. Because I don't know if I want to continue to do clinical review for the whole rest of my life. Um, so I'm always interested to see if there's something, you know, a lateral remove or something above what I'm doing that I could still qualify for, but it may not list, you know, a physical therapist. Um, and I see things, um, I see things fairly often that I think, you know, a therapist or especially an assistant would do very well with. Uh, so don't limit yourself to those search terms. And, you know, kind of broaden your horizon and look a little bit more within those companies and see uh, what else they're offering. There you go. You heard there. And so uh, once you've seen those, uh, for example, you saw, you've seen Utilization Reviewer, go inside to that company and search all the other jobs that they're posting. I like, what, I like his tip there because I do that too when it comes to agencies that I want to contract with. So if, for example, I see, uh, let's just say one, let's just say a company like, uh, 
uh, let's just say uh, ABC Physical Therapy, and I saw a physical therapy opening just to say here in, in, in where I live at in Tennessee, and I would look around, you know, in that area, hey, where are the other therapists or the therapy opening for that area where I could serve? And same thing with him, you know, there will be a lot of other titles, you know, senior clinical reviewer or whatever, junior clinical reviewer, or whatever you call them. And that could be, you know, another potential. You mentioned assistance. Can assistants also do this, I, I assume? Or does it need to be necessarily, Yeah, they, they can't do the, the clinical review, the, the full clinical review, because often what we're reviewing is a, is a full plan of care, which uh, requires the physical therapist, you know, the, the, the therapist, whether it's physical or occupational or whoever, it requires that license um, to get that full plan of care. So it needs to be reviewed by someone that, that, um, that's on, on the same level. So that's why they require uh, someone that's licensed when they, when they do their hiring. But uh, do you know anybody like an assistant that has done this and became some sort of a, uh, a boss or something like that or no? I have heard, I have heard rumors of some companies that will hire that have hired um, assistants to help out with some of the review process, uh, whether that be um, some initially looking at some of the documentation or kind of getting things ready before they send it for like a final sign off. Um, mm -hmm. I think it would be a great way for these companies to um, to be a little bit more efficient in what they do. A lot of times, um, you know, myself or my colleagues, we're doing things that um, we're doing things that uh, an assistant would necessarily would, would very easily be able to do and understand. Um, so they could do that part and send it on to us, but. Um, I think a lot of it is just those companies don't really understand what assistants do. Hopefully over time, that's something that can be changed. But a lot of these other jobs, um, you know, looking for jobs in like uh, provider engagement or provider education, um, client uh, education, um, some of those other jobs within the company, but have nothing to do with review. Uh, I think that's another place that assistants should definitely uh, search for yeah because you know we got our assistants are way way are also qualified to uh not obviously do the the clinical reviewing stuff but uh, they're also qualified to be able to you know at least not interpret but uh, collect data for for us well anyway before i let you mm -hmm. go on the utilization reviewing stuff uh oh desiree sakota here well, I'm sorry, uh, Desiree, but you know, you'll never know. You know, it's evolving. This, this, this thing here, like what Aaron said, you know, it's evolving. You know, uh, several years ago, we was just RNs. Now you've got therapists doing it. You know, we'll just never know how this uh, uh, industry evolves because you know, right. nowadays we get all the respect for uh, for assistance. So, uh, but anyway, before I let Aaron go, he has another side hustle. He has a side hustle. So can you tell us about your side hustle? You know, he said got an alternative career and he's got a, another, what do you call side hustle? Can you tell us about your side hustle <laughs> uh, with TPT? How, I get, how do you pronounce that? Yeah, so it's kind of like a, a phrase as opposed to one whole word, but I just mashed it together. A witty PT. Um, kind of playing on the on the word wit so when someone mm -hmm. is witty they are not just 
not just being funny or humorous, but they're using uh, intelligence to um, share a message with a little bit of humor or sometimes even sarcasm. Um, oh, wow. So a lot of this, uh, just real quick, is I certainly have a website. It's um, AW, let's see, I have to spell it out in my brain. Uh, A-W-I-T-T-Y-P-T.com. Um, but so for about the first two years of working in my job, uh, I continued to just get flabbergasted with some of the things that I would see come across my screen. Um, just mm -hmm. providers that are just utilizing like crazy or patients that never get better, but the provider wants to keep seeing them. Um, and all these things that it's like, okay, this is why physical therapy has a bad image in front of insurance because they see this. I'm seeing it. Someone else seeing it, obviously. Um, and so it kind of it, it kept making me think there's, there's got to be a way I can share this information. So at first I was like, you know, I'll try reaching out to the local PT school. There's, there's one here in Utah, the University of Utah. Um, I never got a response back, <laughs> um, you know, about coming and talking to the students. Uh, I reached out to our local chapter about, you know, I would love to come and do an ethics presentation uh, at one of our local conferences. I still haven't heard back on that. And so then I started becoming part of some of these groups, like, like your group, like ACG, um, the non-clinical PT, uh, the healthcare, healthcare marketing, healthcare digital marketing, whatever. And just some, Alex a lot of those, yeah, a lot of those other physical therapy groups. And I was like, well, I'm as smart as the, I'm as smart as these guys, at least I think so. Um, so I should be able to share. That should be a great way to share the same message and help people see what I see, and kind of talk about, you know, how hopefully we can change some of this and give physical therapy, occupational therapy, all rehab. You know, we need to get a little bit of a facelift. Um, a lot of us are complaining about all the problems that we have. We don't realize the problems we have inside our own professions. Um, so just this year, uh, I, took, I took a week off of work after uh, Christmas. I used my, my time off. And I spent that whole time coming up with, uh, I did a WordPress uh, website because um, I'd done one before. I thought, hey, that's pretty easy, right? I can do it again. Um, obviously I learned that it wasn't as easy as I was hoping, but it's there. Um, and during some of that time, I uh, started writing some blogs. I've also, um, you know, I've got a lot of that information posted there. Um, and then I've also created a uh, Facebook and Instagram accounts under the same name, a PT, so that I can start pushing some of that information. Um, and then lastly, I've also made some t-shirts, t-shirt designs to hopefully kind of, um, I see it as a way to start a conversation. I say, um, wear a shirt, start a conversation. Um, hopefully we'll create more of those and just continue to create more blog posts and then uh, use that information to, you know, push it through video and live video and things like that. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So you heard, you heard him, uh, ACG, you know, he, he, he's using his, uh, skills and talents on how to disseminate information 
and how to be a, you know, a better documentation, documentator, therapist or whatever. And that's what he's doing. So uh, again, thank you very much, Aaron. I really appreciate you. Oh, before I let you go, uh, do you know uh, Andrew Tran? Yep. I know Andrew Tran very well. So, well I, shouldn't say, I shouldn't say very well. I've never met him in person. Um, but yeah, uh, we're, we're pals on we're pals, uh, through social media. Yep, you know, you get a reach out. Maybe you guys can collaborate and stuff like that. He's the feature meme guy. And uh, well, again, thank you very much, Aaron. I appreciate you. Uh, you know, just uh, just so just thank you very much for your time. And uh, ACG, again, thank you very much for watching. Always remember the word fast, F-A-S-T, you know, fast, you know, not because we're fast talkers, you know, not because we're fast movers, but I just want you to guys to remember the word F-A-S-T. F is, you know, uh, like our like, like our Facebook page, like Aaron Hackett's page, they, the Weedy PD whatever web page, we're going to post the link. Like his page because the more likes, the better. And then the more following, the better because uh, uh, we're going to share uh, uh, his, uh, what do you call this, his video. Join his group too, you know, his uh, group called, uh, what do you call that? Dark Secrets in Physical oh, yeah, Therapy. Dark, dark Secrets to Skilled Care. Dark yeah, yeah, it's a group for anybody in rehab that wants to. It's just a. It's a group I created to share a lot of the things that I learned. So it's perfect for anybody in rehab, whether it's a provider, front office, um, assistant, anybody. There you go. Yeah, join that page. And then letter A, again, take action on it. All this stuff, all this interview that we're doing, it's not going to do me good. It's not going to do Aaron good if we don't take action on it because that's what Aaron is doing. He's taking action. He took action four years ago and become a utilization reviewer or whatever you call that. And now he took action last Christmas uh, by starting his own page with a PT.com. And it, actually, he's going to share some discount, right, Aaron? We're going to share some discount, like uh, 15% off on his uh, apparel or, or whatever you call that, you know, uh, that shirt and whatever. And that way, you know, we get a special discount and, uh, you know, because he took action. And letter S, share this page, share this podcast, share this show, share it to your friends, share Aaron's uh, work because it's really witty. You know, <laughs> I've seen all his work, you know, it's pretty witty. So again, uh, last but not the least, you got to learn how to teach it because when you hear it, you forget. When you see it, you remember, but when you actually teach it, you understand it more. And that's what Aaron is doing. He's teaching people how to be a witty PT. And at the same time, he's actually mentoring other people to to be a utilization reviewer too. So again, God bless you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate you. Have a great day, ACG. I'll see you around in the... Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Aaron. All right. Thanks, Mike. See you, everybody. Thank you for listening to our show for today. Again, if you need education, you need CEU courses, log in to medbridgeeducation.com slash TN Therapy Outsource. Use the promo code Dr. Mike or Alternative. Again, thank you very much for watching our show. God bless you and always remember, Movement matters to your brain matter. God bless you and have a great day. Bye-bye.